Sandra, I need to pray for you.
can't stand in the presence of your goodness and kindness. And then in the name of Jesus, I command this body to be well. Be strong. Free from sickness, Father. Free from any pains and fever. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that his body is filled with your spirit. Everlasting life.
have a seat there. Which, which is it your, your left foot? all his goodness and kindness all the wonderful things he's done for us he's been good to us amen Uh, so well praise God Um, let's open up our Bibles to um, well let's start over in 1st Peter chapter 4 we have been talking about um, well that's not where I want to go there so um, yeah, here we go. First Peter chapter four. Um, we've been talking about um, uh, the judgment of the Lord, which seems like a really interesting topic to talk about right here at Christmas time. But you know, we just got to go with the flow, and, and <laughs> that's just we just follow His plan and, and do what He says. And so, uh, there's still a couple more things we want to uh, discuss here. Uh, and so, let's start here in First Peter chapter uh, four, verse seventeen. It says for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Uh, and if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And so it, it was, uh, I believe the Lord wanted us to have this discussion to talk about this and teach about this subject because there's a lot of misunderstanding in the body of Christ about the judgment of the Lord. A lot of times people think, well, if I do something wrong, God's going to come and uh, break my leg or something like that. Uh, and yet we have not found any scripture where it says that if you sin, God's going to put uh, cancer on you, 
sickness and disease on you. He's going to break your leg. He's going to cause you to have an accident. And yet many people are of that opinion. Amen. Uh, and so uh, well, we, we found out, we read last week uh, and even before that uh, over 2 Peter chapter 2 or 2 Timothy chapter 2 it talks about how uh, those that oppose themselves. So one of the things we, we know about when we commit a sin or infraction against the will and plan of God is that we are opposing ourselves. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that your spirit man is you, right? You are your spirit man. Uh, but your mind sometimes wants to do something that different than your spirit wants to do. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, you ever done something and say, I wish I hadn't done that. Well, you were opposing yourself, right? You, you, you said you didn't want to do that, and yet you did do that. Of course, we don't, we're not going to go into Romans chapter 7, but Romans chapter 7, you should read just the whole chapter because Paul talks about that same conflict that's in every Christian. The things that I want to do, I'm not doing. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Uh, and he says, oh, wretched man that I am. He, he's just really frustrated. Yet he's saying that as a Christian. And you would think that the church would realize, well, did Paul die and go to hell? But many people think that if you commit a sin as a Christian, you die and go to hell. Well, if Paul did that, we're all doomed, amen? And I don't think Paul did that because uh, he said right after that, right after chapter 7, chapter 8, verse 1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Well, wasn't he in Christ Jesus when he was writing chapter 7? He was. So there's no condemnation from the Lord when you commit a sin. Uh, so condemnation is, you know, you're, you've been judged as being unworthy of obtaining heaven, uh, and so you will miss heaven because you sin. Well, the Lord's not doing that. He does convict the, the Christian of sin. Hey, what you did was wrong. You need to straighten up. We talked about 1 John 1, 9, about how if you've committed a sin, uh, that you should repent. Amen. Repent to the Lord. Say, Lord, I did it. You shouldn't... Uh, my pastor used to say something years ago. He said, time and distance do not equal repentance. I always thought that was a good saying. Because some people think, well, if I just, if I forget about it or ignore it long enough, it'll go away. Well, uh, sin and, and when the Lord deals with things, he deals with things on an eternal level. And sin, all sin will have to be dealt with. And, and of course, and maybe part of this is, is uh, uh, doing at this particular time. You know, part of why Jesus came into the earth it was, was to deal with the sin issue. Uh, and, and so uh, the, the great plan of God is that uh, as Christians get saved and receive the Lord Jesus, every sin they ever committed up to that point in time is completely washed away, completely gone. So they start out as a new Christian, brand new, as if they've never committed a single sin, not a single one. And then as you walk with the Lord, uh, you may make a mistake on occasion. You may choose to, to follow uh, your flesh instead of following the will and plan of God. Uh, and every sin is a choice, right? No sin is just, I, I couldn't help it. You know, they made me do it. And none of those things are true. You chose to do every sin that you did. Whether you got mad or you cussed or you had ill will against somebody or you were in pride or, you know, uh, whatever the sin is, amen? It doesn't matter what the sin is. Uh, it, it's all an infraction against God. Uh, and so the Lord provided the church, 1 John 1, 9. That if, you, that if you confess your sins, well, who do you confess your sins to? Well, you confess them to the Lord. Well, you think, you think it's new information when you confess that to him? Yeah. Lord, I, I need to confess my sin. What? He, he, it's never a surprise to him, right? He's not in heaven going, I can't believe you did that. Because uh, he knows you did that. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so we confess to the Lord, Lord, I did that. Why do we do that? Because he said that if you do that, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. So prior to that, that sin is not forgiven. Now, it's been paid for, and this is where we have to understand the work of the Lord Jesus. 
Jesus died on the cross to pay for all sins, even sins that have not been yet committed. Uh, and so th- those sins have been paid. The, pen- the penalty for that sin has been paid for. Every sin that, that every Christian, non-Christian, every human being on the earth that will ever commit has been paid for. But until they choose to accept the work of the Lord Jesus, they will remain uh, under the guilt of that sin. And that's, that's the whole deal of salvation. That's the whole deal of our relationship with the Lord Jesus is every sin that you will ever commit has already been paid for. And yet people will die uh, having uh, not accepted the Lord Jesus and be responsible for their own sins that have already been paid for. Isn't that crazy? That, that's, that's dumb, right? People who are not Christians, it's like, are you dumb? I mean, how could you not, you know, every sin you've ever committed has already been paid for, but if you don't accept that payment, then you're responsible for it, right? If you have, if you have a utility bill, and I call you up and say, hey, uh, just let me know when your bill comes in, I'll pay it. And then you don't call me and tell me that your bill is due. And so who's responsible for that bill? Well, you're still responsible for it. The electric company's not going to come to me. They're going to go to you and say, hey, well, your name's on the, on the bill. You've got to pay. Yeah, but that guy said he'd do it. But did you call him? No. Uh, well, well, do you have the check? No. Well, why not? Well, I never did, I never did ask him to do it. But he said he would, but uh, did he say he'd do it? Well, he said he would. But did you call him? No. And people do that all their life, you know. Yeah. Well, did you ask the Lord to forgive you? No. Did you accept him as your Savior? No. Well, why not? Well, I just thought he would. He said, but he, the deal was he said he would if you ask him, right? That's the deal. And some people are like, I ain't asking. I'm not doing it. You know, people are just so prideful like that. I ain't doing it. I'm not asking him. Dummy, you know. I remember uh, we was growing up, you know, we grew up poor, right? We grew up food stamps. We actually, we didn't have food stamps because we were poor before they had food stamps, right? And so they had government surplus food. So they'd, the little lady in the station wagon would come up with 27 boxes of food because we had 11 kids. Uh, and and uh, we'd get government food. And so uh, but we didn't, my dad uh, retired the year that I was born. He had his first heart attack the year that I was born. I don't think it was related, but, but, um, uh, but he, that's, and, and I never knew him to work, right? Because he, he never worked because of his uh, heart condition. And my mother worked part-time as a secretary. Uh, and it's great, you know, if your mom works as a secretary because she can steal all the office supplies. So she'd steal staplers and pencils and pens and paper and we'd have all these office supplies, you know, that we grew up with. And I just remember always having an office, you know, we had, and, and I didn't realize, you know, my mom was stealing it all those years, you know. But, you know, uh, I'm not trying to disparage my mom. That's just the way it was, right? I mean, you're poor, you just steal things, right? And so uh, uh, one time we went, uh, I needed a bicycle seat, you know, because a dog ate mine or something like that. And so we were at the store and I said, well, she said, well, which one have you been wanting? I said, well, that's the one I want right there. You know, and you can buy just a bicycle seat. And, and so she took it and stuffed it in her purse. Uh, and we started walking out the door. Now I'm thinking, well, this is wrong. But at the same time, I'm thinking, but I need a bicycle seat. And so I was like, well, I mean, it's her problem, not mine. I mean, she's the one stealing it. And so then I got to put it on my bike and got to have a, a bicycle seat. So that's the way we grew up, you know. And, and of course, it's 100% wrong. You know, it's not, it's not okay because I got away with it. It's just, it is just is what it is, right? And so, but, but one time my dad said, somebody wanted to help us to give us something. I don't remember what it was. Uh, and he said, we're not accepting charity. And, and I'm just like this tall and I'm thinking, Take the charity, you know. Did we get a vote? Because I want to vote to take the charity. I need the charity, whatever it was, right? And, and so, you know, it, it just, that's just the way you grew up. And, and yet the world, the same thing. The whole world is poor. Uh, spiritually, they're all poor, destitute poor. Amen? And, and the Lord Jesus said, it's all, I, I'll take care of everything. All you got to do is say yes. I ain't doing it. 
this is dumb. I said, how, how dumb can you be, right? Are you, uh, I mean, you would think that if you're that dumb, you wouldn't even know enough to get out of the rain, right? Uh, and so, but that's the deal. The Lord Jesus said, just, just confess, and it's all, it's all gone. It's all wiped clean. As a Christian, even as a Christian, he said, when you commit an act of sin, it's an act of unrighteousness. And he said, that needs to be cleaned out of your life. You're still saved on the way to heaven, right? Remember, we read several scriptures that says you know, that you'll be saved, right? But, but, uh, but the, the issue is, we, we read Galatians 2.21, 2.22 last week, that says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. So now we start to see what, what happens when a Christian sins is not that they lose their salvation. It's that God's grace to them is frustrated. And then we read, the, the, remember we read the parable of, of the, the prodigal son. And he left the Lord, right? He left his father, right? He, just like a Christian would backslide sometimes in that moment. How much was his father able to help him while he was out uh, in riotous living. Did his father contact him? Did, did his father send him uh, supplies or send him aid or help him in any way? No. Was his, was his father mad? Was his father holding it against him? Was his father bitter towards him? No. He was frustrated. The father was frustrated. He was unable to assist his son. Why? Because his son made a choice to walk away from the plan of God. Now, see, some people get, they get, uh, many times, the, the church, uh, people of the church get resentful to the Lord. They're out there. They've committed a sin. Suddenly, the blessings of God stop flowing, and now they're mad at God. Yeah. Well, you should just just let me have it anyway, Lord. You know the Lord doesn't change. He's not going to change for you. He's not going to change for me. If you go back to the old covenant and look at the story of the Exodus, the whole story. Remember, the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. Why did Pharaoh harden his heart when Moses said, "Let my people go"? Because Pharaoh, the, the, the idea in, in Egypt was that Pharaoh was a god. They considered him a god. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, no, you're not really. You think you're all that. You're not, you're not even all that. You're not even worth a bag of chips, right? I mean, you know, people think, some, well, don't we sometimes think we're God today? Yeah. And so, so God would not change. Well, you need to accept that I'm God. I'm, I'm God on the earth. And, and, and the Lord's like, no, you're just a guy, you know. Uh, you're a bald guy, because uh, I'm assuming all the uh, favors are bald, because that's what Yul Brenner, right? Yul Brenner with the Ten Commandments and with Charlton Heston, he was bald, right? So I'm assuming all the favors are bald, because, you know, they always wore those hats. Well, why are they wearing a hat? You know, people wear hats, usually are bald, right? Because they're trying to hide the, fa- hide the fact that they're bald, right? I don't really know. I'm just making it up, right? We're, uh, we're, we're going down the wrong road there, but... Uh, and so Pharaoh said, I'm God, and, and, and Moses like, no, uh, there's only one God. And so Pharaoh would harden his heart. But then one time it says, or actually I think a couple of times, it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Uh, and, and, you know, I was meditating on that uh, many years ago, and I've told you this several times. Lord, why would you do that? I mean, that doesn't make any sense, right, that you would go in and harden somebody's heart. Uh, because then that makes him guilty, right? Then that means God is responsible for him hardening his heart towards the Lord and, and him not accepting the Lord, right? Well, that doesn't make any sense, right? But then, uh, you know, if you meditate on things long enough, the Lord will give you revelation to show you things. And he said, well, well you've got to understand, is every time a decision came up where, where Pharaoh had to let my people go, uh, he said, I wouldn't change. I'm staying the same. And because I would not change, that made uh, Pharaoh resent me and harden his heart towards me because I would not yield to him and just say, because Pharaoh sometimes, well, I'll let you go a little ways, but you can't go too far. Or, you know, you can go and sacrifice inside uh, the nation of Egypt, but you can't leave Egypt. And, and the Lord's like, no, this is the deal. The deal is my people leave. 
We're not, making, we're not compromising here. I'm God. And so that caused Pharaoh's heart to harden. Well, well, if God hadn't been God, Pharaoh's heart wouldn't have been hardened. So in that sense, it was God that caused his heart to harden, but only because he's God. You know, God's not going to change, but he's already provided the way out. He provided the way out for Pharaoh. He provided the way out for every single human being on the earth with the blood of Jesus, every single one right now. But then people still sin and go, Lord, you just need to overlook that. I was like, I'm not, no, I'm God. Now, I gave you a way out with Jesus. Well, I don't want to do it that way, Lord. And, and many Christians will be resentful for the Lord in their sin because the Lord won't overlook it. It's not that, it's like, well, okay, fine. He won't overlook it, but he already gave you a way out. Just confess it. Well, I'm not confessing it. Well, you did it, didn't you? Well, yeah. Well, then confess it. I mean, why is it so hard? Uh, it's, the, it's the original pride of humanity, right? To, I, I'm not going to you know, tell anybody I made a mistake. Are you breathing air? Yeah, then you're wrong. I, I, I can guarantee you. You want a list? I, can, you know, I mean, I don't know y'all, but I can probably, you, 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 let me spend five minutes with you. I'll give you a list of areas that you're wrong, right? Uh, and you could spend five minutes with me and tell me all the ways I'm wrong. Uh, and, and that's fine. Uh, it's not a competition. I'm, I'm just trying to do anything. But uh, as long as you're breathing air on this earth, you're going to make mistakes. You don't have to. I understand that, you know, ideally we can live a life where, where uh, we sin very infrequently. Uh, but until you, until you learn to live that way, a lot of people just live in their sin. Just, you know, they're, they're prideful or they're arrogant or they're unkind or they're rude or they gossip or they lie or they, you know, they steal. You know, just things. Amen. People do that stuff like that all the time. And I know many Christians do that. I know many Christians do steal. Not, not even think anything about it. Well, I need it more than I need it. Uh, you know, I mean, they justify everything. That's the way I grew up, right? I justified everything. Well, if I got away with it, it's your problem. Amen. If I stole it and got away with it, then you should have had better security. So it's your fault that I stole this. Uh, and, and, well, you know, that, you know, that's okay for a 12-year-old to think that, un, not a Christian. It's, it's a whole other story when adult Christians think that way, but they still do that, right? They wouldn't have any, any uh, problem at all stealing for people. Uh, stealing time. I mean, how, many, how many people go to work and slack off at work? Right? Don't work there full time, right? Sneak around, hide in a corner, you know? I mean, I had, had a guy work for me one time. Every time I saw him, he was sitting down. He, it wasn't a sitting down job, right? Every time I saw him, he's sitting down. I was like, what are you doing? I'm sitting down. Well, why aren't you not sitting down? Because I'm sitting down, you know? And, and I'm thinking, this, this is not my guy, right? And so he didn't last very long. Uh, and so, but you know people like that. Well, then you're stealing, Right? If you're sitting down reading your phone when I'm paying you, then it's called stealing, amen? Well, you know, and look, I'm not, I'm not looking at for every second of your life, but uh, uh, like I said, every time, right? And there's a problem if it's every single time. And so, so the Lord provided, he provided all these things for us. We've got to be careful not to be resentful to the Lord when he's God. He's God. He's perfect. He's holy. He's just, he gave us a way out of everything. He gave us a way for you to have a perfect and, and a, a full, he said, fullness of joy. Just think what your life would be like if you get a fullness of joy. 100% joy. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, I'd be pretty happy if a lot of Christians would be like a 10%, right? A lot of them are like a zero. It's like, aren't you happy at all? Oh, yeah, I'm happy. Well, you don't sound very happy. You don't look very happy. You don't act very happy. Oh, I'm just happy. I can't hardly stand it. Well, I, other people can't stand you, but I don't know about, you know, you can't stand it. Uh, you know, you, you can be and ought to be full of joy. Yes. Well, what would your life be like? Well, you don't understand my situations. You, Jesus said you could be full of joy in the midst of any situation. 
Wouldn't that be nice? On Wednesday nights, we've been talking about being content. Uh, the word content means to be, be exempt from, from uh, uh, the conditions of the world, right? Uh, and so you're exempt from the conditions of the world, uh, and uh, they, they don't control your life. Uh, and so, but when we talk about sin, so we, we saw where Galatians 2.20 says that, that God is frustrated. When, when we sin, his desire does not change. The desire of the father in the prodigal son story did not change. He desired to be a blessing to his son. He was unable to because of the choices his son made. As soon as his choice, as soon as his son said, when he came to himself, you remember that? Luke chapter 15, when he came to himself, you ever come to yourself having committed a sin? My God, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. Well, that's coming to yourself, right? That's, that's you having opposed yourself and now realizing I've been posing myself and going, I, I've got to make this right. And of course, we all make the deal that the prodigal son did. I'm unworthy to be called the son, so I'm just going to go be a servant. You know, Lord, I'll pay for my own sin. And the Lord will do to you just what he did to the prodigal son was ignore all your stupid uh, uh, deals that you're trying to make, right? And he won't even hear them. He doesn't even comment on them. He just get the fatted calf, get a, a nice robe, get a ring, you know, put it on him, and we're going to celebrate that he's come back uh, and, and happy to do it and glad to do it. The Lord's not bitter and angry when you come back to him. He's like, man, I'm glad you're here. Amen? Right. You know, just like... Uh, People come to the church, right? Sometimes we see people and they're gone for a while. We see them. Don't say, where have you been? That's what, you know, people think God acts like that to you. If you sin and come back, where have you been? No, you should say, it's glad to see, I'm glad to see you. You don't have to say, well, it's about time you show back up. You know, people, now, most of you all don't. I mean, every now and then I hear a couple of things, but most of you all do pretty good. One or two of you need to straighten up, right? When people come back, just say, it sure is good to see you. Amen? Don't put them on the defensive. Like, Where have you been? I've been living in sin. What about you? I mean, is that, is that what you want them to say? Right? I've been backslidden from the Lord and, and living in, in deep, dark sin, riotous living, just like the prodigal son. How about you? Uh, and no, just I'm glad to see you, right? What did the father do when, he, when the son came back? I'm glad you're back, right? He ran and fell on his neck, not to harm him, right? That's just an idiom that just means he, he hugged him, right? Uh, in a loving manner. He was glad to see him, amen? Be glad to see people when they come back to church, amen? Uh, uh, we have great examples that we can follow in the Word of God because you don't want people to feel bad every time they come back to church, right? Uh, and and, and so, so the Lord, sometimes what happens is His blessings get frustrated uh, towards us, amen? And so all you got to do is fix it. Repent, and then you're back, amen? As soon as the Son came back, it was all His again, Right? everything, fatty calf, robe, the ring, is all his again. Uh, but when he chose to leave, it, nothing was there. Well, the Lord's not obligated. The Lord's laid out a plan of blessing and increase and, ble- and, and joy and happiness for you all the days of your life. You follow that plan, it's all good. Amen? doesn't matter what comes, you know, uh, Psalm 91 says, a thousand can fall on my side, 10,000 on my right hand. It's not going to come near me. That's what the Bible says. And that's the way I live. It doesn't matter if the whole world's falling apart. It's not going to come near me. Why? Because God loves me. And, I, and if I sin, I will, I will, will repent. Amen? And won't hang on to the bitter end. I'm simply, I don't know, you know I'll, on my last breath, I'll, on my deathbed, I'll, I'll repent. Amen. Well, then what have you missed out? You've missed out of days of heaven all those years. Been mad and bitter, all wrinkled, you know? Uh, just, uh, and people do that. It's like, just, just so dumb. Like, it's never, just, just follow God's plan and it's only goodness. Amen? His will does not change, right? Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. 
That means his will is unchanged, but he's unable to execute his will in your life. He desires to bless you, but he's unable to because of what you've chosen to do, what you've chosen to do, not him, but you've chosen to do. And he's like, just just come back and, and, and confess, get it all cleaned up, and then we're good. Amen? That, that's, that's God's plan. That's God's plan on the earth. Uh, and so, uh, let, let's, uh, but, but we need to look at some other things because sometimes things happen, right? Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, and um, well, let's look at some, some examples here. And, and so, you know, there's, again, this is, we, we could teach on this for years probably. There's so much information in the Word of God. And, but we need to reconcile some things. To get some, we need to get some basic understanding of this. You know, we can go to the Ph.D. level of, of all this topic, but I think most of the churches is at a kindergarten level, most of the things. Because most people think, well, God's going to get you. Yeah. That is just so wrong. God's not trying to get you. He's trying to get to you. He's trying to get blessings to you. That's what he's trying to get. Uh, and so, but here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, now the context of, of this story here is around the, the topic of communion. You know, we receive communion once a month, right? Just by our tradition. No, no, there's no law that says you're going to do it that often or that seldom. Uh, we just do it usually the first Sunday of the month. Uh, and we have, you know, the two, the two parts of communion is the bread and the juice. And the bread represents the body of the Lord Jesus to remind us that he's healed us. The juice represents the blood of Jesus. It reminds us that he's washed us clean from all sin. Amen. Uh, and, and it's a sacred rite that we do to remind ourselves of how good God is towards us. Uh, and so that's... For, so 1 Corinthians 11 is talking about that. Now, that church at Corinth that this, that this book was written to, uh, uh, Paul said, uh, you are carnal and walk as mere unchanged men. Isn't that a, wouldn't, wouldn't you love to get to that letter, right? Uh, you're a bunch of carnal people. You're walking as mere unchanged men. You're walking like you're unchanged. Now, you are changed, but you're walking like you're unchanged. That's what he told them earlier in, in the book there. And, and the, the whole city of Corinth was, was one of these uh, so, sort of like Sodom, Gomorrah kind of cities, right? A lot of sin, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, corruption in the city. And some of that came into the church. Uh, in fact, a lot of the, the, lot of the books of First and Second Corinthians, Paul's like, look, you got to straighten up this, you got to straighten that, a bunch of carnal people. You know, in chapter 5, he was talking about how there's a man that's being celebrated in a church. He's sleeping with his, with his, uh, with his stepmom, which is kind of gross, but, and nobody's doing anything about it. Everybody knows about it. Nobody's doing anything about it. So he had to, he had to deal with that in chapter 5. Chapter 3 is when he's talking about the, the, their carnal and walk his mere unchanged men. Chapter 5, talking about, and you're sleeping with your stepmom. And then you get to chapter 11, and he said, when you chapter 11, he said, look, when you come together for communion, instead of being a, 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 an honorable spiritual event, you're acting like a bunch of hogs. Everybody's eating all this right there. That guy doesn't get any food over there because this guy's eating it all. And just, you're all just messed up. And that's what the whole chapter, the whole book says, you know, now every now and then he comes out with chapter 13, says, oh, love, you know, love is so wonderful and happy, kind, right? He kind of needed to, to, to uh, give him a little breather in chapter 13. And then he goes back on to chapter 14, right? And quit uh, talking in tongues all the time, right? And they were talking in tongues, doing spiritual things, right? There were some spiritual things going on in, in the Corinthian church. Uh, and, and that's the fallacy that we fall into sometimes even today is, well, if God uses me in a supernatural way, I must be okay. No, you're okay because you're okay. You don't, you don't, you don't say, well, just because, you know, I, I prophesied, and so, but even though I was committing sin yesterday, but because I prophesied today, God must overlook my sin from yesterday. That's not the way it works. That sin from yesterday is still there. You still need to deal with it, amen? 
And just because he uses you to prophesy or to heal or to, to have a miracle doesn't excuse the sin. Now, see, sometimes the thing about the Lord is he'll do things however he feels like doing it. Now, if it's me and you, man, we'd have a list all the time. Oh, yeah, you, never again, you know. The Lord will use people that have committed a sin, even sometimes where they have got sin that's unforgiven. They've never confessed it. And yet he'll still use them sometimes. Why is that? He's the Lord, right? You know, that's just between him and him. See, for us, we want to have a law. We want, you make a sin and you're dead to the Lord until until you repent. That's just not the way the Lord operates. Usually there's a long grace period, right? A long mercy period really is more accurate. Uh, that uh, he'll give you a long time to repent. Even the book of Revelation, remember he's talking about Jezebel? He said, I gave her space to repent. And she was committing harlotry and idolatry in the church, you know? He gave her space to repent, I think for a year. And of course, she didn't repent, right? And she ended up having to suffer for the consequences of that. Uh, but that's another whole discussion there. And so here then, and so First Corinthians chapter 11, then he's talking about, look, when you do communion, it's, a, it's an honorable spiritual event. Don't be acting like a bunch of hogs. Because they used to just hand around a, lo- a loaf of bread, right? You'd, you'd pinch off a piece, and that would be your, your part of the communion, right? They didn't have little pre-made crackers like we have today. And so what would happen is they'd get the, get, get the guy, you know, I was going to say on the back row, but, you know, we don't want to disparage all the people on the back row, but it's usually back row people that do kind of stuff anyway, right? And so they, 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 would, and they would take a whole chunk of the bread and just eat the whole thing, right? So the guy down the, down the road wouldn't get any. And he's like, look, that's not, you're missing the point. He said, you can go home and eat. The, the, the purpose of communion is not to get full. If anybody can get completely full by eating a little cracker we have today, that's impressive, right? I just need, I just need a little, I'll be fine. No. Uh, so they were being dishonorable, right, to the Lord. They were disrespecting the whole purpose of communion. So, so Paul is using this as an example. And so it's not so much about communion, but we want to look at this as an example uh, of what happens when people do things like that. Now look, uh, we should honor the Lord. Amen. And much of the church today is so dishonorable to the Lord, so disrespectful to the Lord, how they, act, how they act, how they act in church, how they act towards each other, how they act out in the world, just dishonoring the Lord. It's, it's you know, and, and even how people dress, you know, I just, I don't care if you, uh, I don't care what you all wear as long as it's, you know, as long as it's respectful and, and you all do. I never had, I don't, in our church, I've never had to say anything to anybody. Uh, but, but in the pulpit, it bothers me when people come and wear the same clothes that they would mow the yard in the next day. I mean, you wear whatever you want to, I don't care. But when they're wearing these t-shirts and it's got, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the Rolling Stones tongue and, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, it just bothers me. I, you know, I don't care. But it just, you know, uh, it just, it just, sh- sh- I mean, you look at the NFL, and they've got more respect for their job than many ministers do today, right? Uh, you don't want her to wear a tie? I don't care, you don't wear a tie. But just it looks, at least look presentable, amen? Uh, you've got to honor the Lord. And, and, um, and so, again, I don't care, you know, but, but uh, the Lord cares. Uh, you know, if he didn't care, why do you think he spent chapters, multiple chapters in the Old Covenant about the dress of the priests? He spent a lot of time talking about exactly how the priests were supposed to be dressed. It's just clothes. What's it matter? I don't know. It matters to him. It matters to him. It ought to matter to me. Uh, and so, uh, so, so, he, so here he is. He said, now, uh, look, uh, about how, how they're eating, right? So he goes and talks about how communion is supposed to be done. 
Uh, and he says in verse 26, uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-six: for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come, right? You do proclaim uh, and show and acknowledge that the Lord did this for me until he comes, right? So that's why we receive communion to remind ourselves what the Lord did for us. He said, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And so, again, now, I have never seen this in modern time, right? This is specifically to the Corinth church. Uh, and people would come and they were poor, they were hungry, but they would be rude, right? Disrespectful to the Lord, just eat everything and not leave anything for anybody else, right? Uh, and sometimes you have to remind people, you're not the only one in the world. You know, that's new, that's, for some people, that's new information. I'm not the only one in the world. You are not the only one in the world. Really? You are not the only one. There are other people in the world besides you. No. Yes, there are other people in the world besides you, right? Uh, and the church at Corinth had forgotten that. They were just eating, you know, just being disrespectful and not caring that there's somebody else who might want to actually partake of communion and just eat all the food uh, and drink all the, all, all the juice there. He said, that's called uh, eating it unworthily. You're not honoring the moment of time that we're receiving communion as an honorable thing. You're just thinking about yourself. So he wasn't saying that the person that was doing that was unworthy to receive the blessing of the Lord. He said the manner you're doing, how you're doing it is unworthy, unworthily, right? How you're doing it is un- you're eating it unworthily. Uh, and so, uh, and, and that's a problem, right? And, and that's why, to me, when people disrespect the Lord, uh, and, and I see it on occasion, I don't really see it in our church, but I, you know, I see it in, in the church as a whole, but just dishonor the Lord, right? Just act like church is not a big deal. The Lord Jesus is not a big deal. He's a big deal, amen? I think he's a big deal. He's worthy of worship and praise. He's the only one I know worthy of worship and praise. Uh, and so we should not dishonor the Lord. And so this, this would go, this would work whether you're dishonoring the Lord in communion or whether you're dishonoring the Lord in any other aspect of your life. He said, he said uh, uh, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this uh, cup uh, shall be guilty unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So now you're in sin, right, is what he's saying. You're, you're disrespecting the body and blood of the Lord. You're in sin. Uh, he said, but he that eateth and drinketh uh, unworthily uh, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Uh, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. So, so now we start to see here that this sin uh, caused a difficulty in people's lives. This sin, he said, many are, are weak and sickly, and many of you sleep. Well, that word sleep there means dead. They died, right? Uh, and he said, because you do this, many that have done this. Now, notice he didn't say all that have ever done this, right? He said, uh, for this cause. So th- there is a cause uh, uh, of their difficulty in their life. Well, did, did, did God do this to them? No, God didn't do this to them. Their sin did that to them, right? So the Lord has provided, because the very aspect of, of communion is to remind ourselves that God has healed our bodies, and when you disrespect the Lord in that moment, then, then you basically are, are not taking advantage of God uh, healing your body. And now the Lord is frustrated. He wants to heal your body because you disrespect him uh, and you're in sin. He's unable to by your choices. Again, he's not punishing you. He's just not uh, providing you the healing of your body. If he's not healing your body supernaturally, then your body's going to be whatever it is. And some people have just better bodies than others, right? Some people got like a, 
like, like if you buy a car, you don't want to buy a car made on a Monday, right? Because they all come on a binge weekend, right? And they're all drunk, you know, long weekend, and they're putting screws in backwards, whatever. You don't want a Monday buy. You, you want like a Wednesday, good Wednesday. You don't want a Friday because they're in a hurry to get out the door and they forget a few screws, right? Monday, they're putting them backwards. Friday, they're forgetting them, right? Wednesday, you want a good Wednesday, Thursday car, right? Uh, and so some people got Monday bodies, right? They just, they, it, it was wired wrong, and it, they got problems, right? Other people got Wednesday bodies, and it just, without doing anything supernaturally, they just kind of, just well, just healed, you know, stay well. Uh, now, the difference is, it doesn't matter you got a Monday body or Wednesday body, the, the power of God can provide you a perfect body, amen? A body that's free from sickness and disease. So, so the, the power of God is a great equalizer, amen? If your DNA is, foreign, is, is less capable than my DNA, it doesn't matter, faith can make them equal. And so that, that's the whole blessings of the Lord, amen? And that's what he wants to do. He wants to provide healing for you. But see, if you, if you choose to walk in sin and dishonor the Lord, then he's not punishing you, he's unable to bless you. And so then you're stuck with whatever you're stuck with, right? You're stuck with your own ability, your own power, your own, your own capability in, in this earth, in whatever capacity, whether it's financial or physical or mental or whatever. And so, again, are you going to be resentful to the Lord because he's unable to because of your choices to bless you? You shouldn't be resentful to the Lord. You should, be, you should be looking at your life and going, wow, my life's a mess. All I got to do is repent. And it's all back. It all belongs to me again. That's all you got to do, right? It's real simple. Getting back is really simple, Amen. Now, staying there seems really dumb to me that the prodigal son stayed in his mess for a long time, right? We don't know how long it was, but it was long enough to spend all his money. Uh, and so he said, for this cause, so, so oftentimes there is a cause, but see, people think, well, God did this to me. God made me sick. God made me weakly. God killed me. It didn't say God did it. It said that you're, the cause, what you did, did it. Amen. God's not doing these things. Uh, and so the tricky part, though, is where it says many. Well, why not all? Because God's a merciful God. Sometimes, you know, He just He provides mercy when when um, uh, even sin is is being committed. He'll provide mercy and and withhold uh, and stand against the wiles of the enemy trying to come in and bring harm into your life that your sin was was trying to open the door to. But sometimes the mercy of the Lord would say, "No, not today." Uh, well, you know, they committed a sin. They did. They're in that sin. They are but I've chosen to extend mercy. Uh, but, but he says many. So mercy doesn't always get extended to everybody. But who, who gets it? That is the $64 question, right? Yeah. That is, we, ha- we have no idea. We have no idea when the Lord chooses to extend mercy and when he chooses to withhold mercy. That's the rolling the dice. You want to roll the dice? See, faith says every single time I believe God, I can get healed. No, no exceptions. Mercy says, yeah, who knows? You might get it. You might not get it. Now, you want it, but, you know, mercy by its very nature is, we'll see, right? That's what, when, when I didn't want to answer my kids, I always said, we'll see, which tell them that I haven't decided yet, right? Uh, and so, uh, so, but we are thankful for the mercy of God. So some of them made it through, right? Some of them, they didn't all die. They were all sick. Many, many but not all uh, had this occur to them. Uh, and so, but the, the issue is there's a cause, right? So if there's a cause, that means there's a fix. Uh, you know, you got something wrong with your car, once you figure out what it is, okay, I can fix that. But a lot of times, like, I have no idea, right? Uh, and, and so, but if you get a good mechanic, he'll go, mm, yeah, it's that. And then he'll go replace that, and then it's good, amen? You get a bad mechanic, he starts replacing everything, right? Well, you don't want the bad mechanic, you want the guy that knows what the cause is, so there's a fix. 
So, uh, and, and so that should tell you right there. If you want to tell us, Lord, why am I weak and sickly and why am I near death? The Lord said, well, there's a cause for that. Uh, it is because you disrespect me on this date. You know, if you'd like to repent, you know, we get, we'll get things back square and we'll be okay. See, that, that's the way it ought to work, amen? Uh, and so, so he says, uh, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Uh, and then that, that's the whole point of it right there, right? Judge yourself. Uh, decide that, uh, that you need to do the repenting, amen? Uh, and and uh, we're not going to get into it. There's a lot of discussions around, around the area of judgment uh, in, in these words here, uh, but uh, we, we've got to move on from that point. The point of, of 1 Corinthians uh, 11 that I wanted to bring out is that oftentimes, now look, every single issue in your life, whether it's sickness or disease or, you know, you're having depression, is not always due to sin, Amen. Because he said, for many do that here, but not everybody. But also, you can't say, well, every time that you're sick, well, you must have sin in your life. You can't make that law. You, that, and, and that's the problem, right? What, what I always do, what I have found that works in my life very well, is if there's any issue in my life, whether it's sickness or disease, or whether it's, you know, just things aren't going right or whatever, first thing I always do is go to the Lord, Lord, is there a cause? That's what I go and pray and ask the Lord, Lord, is there a cause? Did I do something to bring this into my life? Did I do something to cause this to come into my life? Is there a cause? Now, it's not the Lord punishing me, but did I do something that, bring, bring this, that brought this into my life? So that's the first, now, sometimes I'll say, nope. And if the answer is no, then, then I just take authority over that in the name of Jesus because it's just an attack against, of the enemy against my life. It's not, I didn't bring it into it. The enemy's just trying to see if he can get away with it. And a lot of times he, he'll, he'll bring sickness into in, in people's lives they go, yeah, you know, my mama had that, so I guess I got it too. And the devil's like, thank you, I appreciate that. I'll continue doing that. And instead of saying, no, in the name of Jesus, I don't care if my, my daddy had it, my mother had it, my great uncle on my, my mother's side had it, doesn't matter, I'm not having it. See, that's how you should act, amen? Uh, and so sometimes we accept the, the, the uh, plague of the enemy into our lives by our confession. Well, don't ever do that, right? So, so first, if there's, anything, if there's anything not perfect in your life, I'll always go and ask the Lord, Lord, is there a cause? First thing. Because if there's a cause, you know what I can do? I can repent. Yeah. And if I, if I can repent, see, if I repent, then I'm back square with the Lord. Yeah. Then, then, then that thing doesn't have a right to come. Right. See, that, see, the devil is a criminal. He will try to do things in a criminal way against your life to see if he can get away with it. And if he can, then, then he'll stick around. As long as you let him, he'll stick around. Well, if God wants, me to, wants it to leave, he'll, he'll have it leave. He gave you the name of Jesus. You're supposed to use the name of Jesus and the authority of the name of Jesus to, to, to demand that your life operates according to the plan and will of God, including your physical body, including your mental health, including the, your emotions. You have the right to do that, but you have to do it. God's not going to do it for you. He, he assigned that to you, to, for you to do it. He paid a great price to obtain that name, and then he gave you access to that name. So he expects you to use that name. So I always ask the Lord first, is there a cause? Did I do something to bring this into my life? If the answer is yes, then Lord, I repent for that cause. Whatever I did, I repent of that thing. I did it. Nobody made me do it. I chose to do it. I ask you to forgive me and to remove that out of my life. Now I'm back square with the Lord. If he says there is no cause, I'm already square with the Lord. So whether there's a cause or not a cause, I'm going to get back square with the Lord. And then, okay, Lord, then how do we deal with this? Just, just commanded to leave in the name of Jesus. All right, then, I'll, then you leave in the name of Jesus. So once I'm back square with the Lord, then I've got full rights and privilege to demand anything that's not perfect from according to the will and plan of God to be removed out of my life. And I will do that. And I live that way. 
I don't just put, I don't put up with stuff. I, you know, I just, I, people, and it, it bothers me. For people, I see them, they put up with stuff for years. And, and some of them don't know that they don't have to put up with it. Some of them are just, well, I guess that's my lot in life to bear. No, your lot in life to bear is the blessings and in, 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 uh, prosperity of the Lord. That's the only thing you've got to bear of the Lord is his blessings. Amen? Uh, and so, so is there a cause? The Lord didn't bring it on you. Whatever you did brought the, is the cause for that. Amen? Then if you did it, then you can undo it. See, that's, that's the blessing of it. Amen? Now, uh, let, let's turn over to uh, 1 Timothy chapter uh, 5 because um, this, gets into the, the, this gets into where, um, you know, it's just hard for Christians to accept some things, right? It's hard for Christians to accept that, you know, sometimes people do things and nothing ever happens to them. And other people, they just look the wrong way and, you know, the, 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 the tower falls on them. And it just seems like it's just unfair. Well, why is that? Again, that goes back to the Lord, right? Sometimes he extends mercy, sometimes he doesn't. Well, it's just not fair. Well, then you become the Lord and you make your own rules, right? But that's, you know. See, the thing is, if you live a life uh, of, of, of repentance with the Lord and live a life that's pleasing to him, you don't have to put up with anything. And so don't, don't be so, well, they got away with it. Well, are you trying to get away with it too? Are you wanting to do that sin too? I mean, why, why is it a competition to see who can sin the most and get away with the most? That should not be our, our goal. I can see how much I can get away with. <laughs> you know, uh, some Christians really kind of think that way, right? Uh, don't think that way. Think about, Lord, I, I, I want to have fullness of joy and great peace in my life. How do I do that? Just follow my plan. Okay, so if I follow your plan, there's joy and peace and protection in every area of my life. Absolutely. Well, it seemed like that would be a wise thing to do, right? Uh, and yet that falls on deaf ears many times. Like, oh, I'm not doing that. Well, it seems like a, that seems like a smart thing to do. And so uh, here in 1 first, in first, uh, uh, Timothy chapter 5, so we get, we're starting to get some insight here. He says in, in verse uh, 24, some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. Some uh, men they follow after. Uh, one translation says, remember that the sins of some people are done in the open and lead directly to judgment. However, the sins of the rest will eventually become known. So, so again, this, this is the whole mystery of God. You want to roll the dice and sin? I mean, maybe something bad will happen. Maybe it won't. Now, God's not doing it, right? You, it, you're the cause for that to occur. But some people, they sin, nothing ever seems to happen to them. Some people sin, and like everything breaks immediately. Well, why is that? That is the great mystery, right? But for, for me, it's like it doesn't matter because... If I'm sinning, I'm going to try to get out of it as fast as I can, right? The Spirit of God will show you that you're committed an infraction against the plan and will of God, and so repent. That should be our goal, right? If you're trying to figure out, well, why does that person get away with it? Why does that person not? That's in the, the, the plan and will of God, right? We don't know. Why, why does he say that some sins are, are manifest right now and some sins aren't? We don't know. Did Paul give us any insight about why that occurs? No, but he said it does occur. So that, that helps at least understand, well, why does that person get away with it? Because of 1 first, uh, first Timothy uh, 4.25, right? Or 1 Timothy 4.24. Uh, or 5.24. Um, that's, just the, that's just the deal, right? But again, the, the, he's talking about people that are in sin. Are you, are you striving to be in sin? Are you, did you have a goal to get away with sin? Then, then 1 Timothy 5.24 doesn't, shouldn't really apply to you, but it, sh- it should help us understand of, well, you know, that person lives in sin all their life, and they seem to be doing fine. Well, they are, but they are doing fine outside the blessings of the Lord, right? He, he still is not blessing them, 
But some people, you know, people that are corrupt and terrible still can do things, right? They're still intelligent people. They can still make money. They can still work a job uh, without the blessings of the Lord. A lot of Christians are doing things outside the blessings of the Lord. They're doing it on their own, on their own ability. Yeah, well, that's great, except that's limited. With the Lord's blessings, they're unlimited, right? There's no limit to how much you can be blessed in the Lord. If you, if you want to do it on your own, well, I'm just going to do it on my own. Well, then be, be constrained all your life. There's no limit with God, but there is a limit with man. You're only so capable, amen? Uh, and so, so Paul didn't give us any reasoning about why the sins are dealt with this way other than they are dealt with that way sometimes, right? Uh, you want to roll the dice? Roll the dice, amen? I like a sure thing. Nice thing about faith, it's a sure thing. Always works. Sin, you just never know. You might get mercy. You might get a little mercy for a while. You might not get in mercy in any while. There might, you, know, you might be weak, weak or sickly, like uh, 1 Corinthians 11 says. Some people even die, is what he said, right? Some are weak, some are sickly, some even die for this cause, right? Not, the Lord didn't do it. Their sin did it, amen? Open up the door to the devil. Uh, and so the Lord's not punishing them. The judgment is you need to judge yourself that you've committed a sin and then repent. And then, you know, he said, then, then that's not going to come on you. So, uh, so there are some things, though, just from a, from a uh, standpoint of a principle that we need to look at. Uh, we're about out of time, but, uh, but let me read this real quick. Let's turn over to James chapter 3. So we'll see uh, some things here that it does seem to have a principle. Again, it's not a law. But it is a principle that, that does occur on occasion. He says, uh, this is in, in James chapter 3, verse 1. He says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we will receive the greater condemnation. Uh, and, of course, uh, that's not really a great translation. That's a King James translation. A better translation says, Be not many teachers, be not many of you teachers, my brethren, knowing that we shall receive heavier judgment." So we do find in the Word of God, and we're not going to go through all the examples, but if we went through all of them, you'd find the same principle. But there does seem to be a principle, and I wrote some of these notes down about, about the sin uh, uh, as far as when do we see the Lord uh, interacting uh, with sin and, and seeing things where he withholds his mercy on some people. Um, we've got some general uh, guidelines there. Is the sin public or private? So are they doing something public where everybody can see it, or are they just, you know, holding a grudge against somebody that nobody except the Lord knows it, right? Gossiping where only one or two people know it, but not generally speaking, people don't know about it, right? Are you, are you sleeping around, uh, uh, committing adultery, but nobody really knows about it, it's just, you know, you, uh, you, you've managed to get away with it up to now, or does everybody know about it and you're doing it anyway? So there seems to be uh, uh, an issue where if your sin is causing difficulty in other people's lives, then it seems to be a greater issue than, than if you're doing something. Now, it's still sin, right? Yeah. It's still going to have to be dealt with. Yeah. But how the Lord deals with sometimes we see that, that it seems to be more prevalent that if, if it's causing other people grief uh, in, in a public way, then he seems to deal with that in, 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 a, more, uh, in a more public manner. Uh, because uh, if the, as a teacher of the Word of God, how many people am I influencing? Everybody that's hearing me teach, right? Could I get up here and say things that were not quite the word of God and start in, infecting doubt and unbelief or sin into your life? I could, right? Just by, of course, if you're wise, you would compare everything I say to the word of God and reject anything I say that's not lined up. But there's a lot of people who say things that are not lined up with the word of God and people accept it anyway. And then they go off and sin and now they're infected. And so that's why the Lord's going to hold teachers of the word at a higher uh, judgment, a higher uh, uh, responsibility 
then people aren't doing that. So I've got to answer for the Lord more because I'm telling you what I believe the Word is saying as best I know in my heart, you know. But if I'm intentionally misleading you, then, then that's going to come at a greater judgment than, say, than if, say, between two people just talking and they're, you know, not really uh, telling what the Word says, just making up stuff. The Lord's just not going to hold them at a higher, higher uh, level of, uh, of responsibility as people who are standing in that position. Now, that's, that's what the Word says, right? So uh, how many people uh, does the sin, uh, is it influencing? Right? The man that was sleeping with his stepmom, the whole church knew about it. So you think anybody else in the church is going, well, if he can do that, I can do this, right? Now, see, if he was doing that and, and nobody knew about it, well, he's not really influencing anybody. Uh, now, again, is it, a, is it a law? No, it's not a law, but we do see that he tends to hold people that, uh, that are causing uh, uh, difficulties publicly at a higher level of, uh, of judgment or withholding his mercy or fresh being, allowing his grace to be frustrated in that sense than other people. Uh, and so... Uh, does a sin either cause others to sin or hinder their progression with the Lord? You know, if you look at Jesus, who was the hardest against in the, in the Gospels? Always the Pharisees, right? Was he hard against Matthew, the tax collector, who was considered a major sinner? Was he hard with a woman uh, caught in the very act of adultery uh, in John chapter 8? Was he, was he uh, hard with the woman uh, in John chapter 4 who had been married five times and, and was, was living with somebody who wasn't her husband? No, it wasn't that hard on any of those. But he was very hard on the Pharisees because he, he said, you hinder people getting into the kingdom of heaven. And, and there's a lot of people, you don't need to go to church. Well, that's hindering you, right? You don't need a pastor in your life. Well, that's hindering you. You know, you, don't, you, know, you just need to have just a personal, personal relationship with Jesus and that's it. That's a hindrance to people because people need to go to church, right? But see, if, you're, if your philosophy is such that uh, what you tell other people is going to hinder them, then, then people like that oftentimes will find out that, that their judgment comes in this earth, right? And that the many like that will be weak and sickly and many of them will die young, right? Uh, did you hear about the guy that, uh, um, uh, and again, you know, we got to leave some of these things alone a little bit, but you know, in the book of Acts, there was Herod, right? Herod was causing a great difficulty with the advancement of the kingdom of God and he fell dead. Uh, and it says the angel of the Lord uh, took him out, right? And so sometimes if you're, if you're an enemy of God, you know, sometimes it's not a good thing to do. Now, we have to leave that in the sovereignty of God because nobody prayed about it, nobody commanded it to happen. God just chose to do that, right? Did he do it for everybody? No. And so who's he going to do that? I don't know. You want to roll the dice? Uh, but you hear about that uh, member of parliament from Turkey the other day, just the other day. He stood up and was condemning Israel. He said, you're, you're awful, Israel, uh, and, and you may get away with it, but Allah, who is not God, who is a Muslim God, uh, you will not escape the wrath of Allah. And he fell over dead. He fell over, had a heart attack, and he died like the next day. Uh, and so, I mean, you know, did the, did the Lord do that? I don't know. He did it to Herod, you know. Uh, I just leave it alone. I, don't, I didn't see, I, you know, the Lord didn't tell me who did it. But um, uh, you got to be careful coming against the people of God. Amen? Amen. Just leave it alone. Amen? Uh, and so, because God does not take uh, uh, an affront to his people lightly, whether it's his people of, of the Jewish nation or the people of the church. Uh, and so, so we do see that there's some principles of the Word of God is, is uh, and, and now look, if you're saying, well, my sin's not bothering anybody, so I'm just get away with it. You want to roll the dice? Don't roll the dice. Because again, whether, whether your sin is public or not, His grace is still frustrated every time. The only difference is sometimes He will extend mercy 
and withhold the enemy from coming and, and destroying your life. But other times he won't. Uh, he will withhold that mercy, and the enemy will come and destroy that person's life. Either way, you're both in sin. Either way, you still don't have access to the blessings of God. And that's the issue, right? Yeah, nobody knows about your sin, but you don't have access to the blessings of God. You don't have access to the inheritance that God died for you to, for you to obtain. Amen? And that's the issue, right? So whether your sin is public or private, whether the Lord chose to deal with it publicly or privately, you're still in the same boat as far as the blessings of God go. You still are not, you don't have access to the blessings of heaven. Uh, you may have access to the mercy of heaven more so than the other guy, but mercy is not the blessings of God. Mercy is just the absence of the destruction of the enemy. Amen. He's just holding back the destruction of the enemy. So it doesn't pay to stay in your sin because you just, you're on your own. You, you don't have access to the blessings of heaven. So don't live that way. Amen. As soon as the Lord shows you that you're in sin, repent. Amen. And I understand sometimes because of our, our habits and, and the way we were raised or our thinking, sometimes we struggle with that. But the Lord has a way to help you. Amen. Uh, he can help you in every situation and get you out of that. Uh, and he is merciful. Amen. Uh, and so it's not that uh, as soon as you commit one sin that the whole world falls upon you. Uh, first of all, whether, whether that happens or doesn't happen, it's never God doing it. And that's the thing you need, need to remember is for this cause. The cause was the sin that you've committed, amen? And, and the, the one who brings in the destruction is not the Lord. He has no destruction. The, uh, uh, John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. So as, you, as soon as you commit a sin, the thief's going, okay, I'll, I think I can get in that way. I can sneak in and bring harm to their life. And the Lord's like, just repent, and I will deal with the thief myself, right? Uh, and then you can use the name of Jesus to get everything else lined back up with the Word of God. Uh, and so, so uh, I wanted to bring out some of those points today, especially the example there in 1 Corinthians 11, that, that there, there can be a cause for your issues. Ask the Lord, is there, is there a cause, right? Every sin or every problem in your life is not always caused because you've committed a sin, amen? So the enemy is a criminal. He will try to, to bring harm into your life. You may be the perfect Christian. Uh, it, it, sincerely, you may be a, a perfectly good Christian. The enemy will still try to bring harm into your life. And you have to stand against him through the name of Jesus and through the armor of God that he's given to us. And, and oftentimes, you have to tell the devil, not in my house. Amen? You, you have to do that. The Lord won't do that for you. He gave you the ability to do it. You have to say, not in my house. Amen? If there is a cause, deal with it, and you're still back to where you can now use the name of Jesus to get things uh, in order in your life. Does that make sense? makes sense in my simple mind, right? Uh, uh, sometimes what's simple to me, uh, people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but I hope we got the point across today. We'll see how much further we got to go into this there. There's a couple other things I want to talk about because we still haven't really talked about curses much. Uh, and uh, we need to go through and look at an example of that uh, from the Word of God, see what the Word of God says. So we make sure we're on the right page from the Word. Amen and live according to the word of God. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the blessings of heaven. And Father, we thank you that if we ever commit a sin, that your spirit inside of us will say, hey, what you've done is an infraction uh, against my word and my spirit and my plan. Uh, please come to me uh, and confess it and repent, and I'll get you back clean and full of life and full of joy and full of peace. And so Father, we thank you that that's one of the ministries of the spirit of God, not to, con not to condemn us, but to, to remind us that there's a better way, that God has better for us than living in sin. And so, Lord, we thank you for that, that you love us and care deeply for us. 
and we give you the praise and the honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's get ready to receive uh, this morning's tithes and offerings. And so, um, let's see, well, today is, what, the 17th? So we've got two more Sundays for the rest of the year, right, uh, after, after today. Uh, and um, there's a no, no healing school today, so um, uh, Jared, come ahead and receive the offering. And then, um, and then Jerry's got some things to say. And then we're going to have, um, have our church meal and then a Christmas party. And I encourage everybody to stay for all of that if you can. Um, and, then, um, and then we're going to set up to put together the, uh, uh, the uh, bags for the Christmas bags for uh, the local inmates here. Uh, and so, all right, praise God. Um, Let's see. Well, Jerry, you can come ahead there, and if you, if you want, when you get done, if you want to go ahead and bless the food, and then we'll go ahead and set up for, for lunch after that. 